Well, hello there. Thank you for clicking that button and hitting play. And it's Rochelle and Carter with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. I love this time of year. Yes. This is fall. This is super close to all of the things that we enjoy celebrating and, and then smelling like fragrant mm. pumpkin candles. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Hobby Lobby is a great place to just smell the things. You ever smell the cinnamon pine cones? I don't know. Well, how I do mean, they make I, them smell like that? I, I don't know. They I don't pine know. Pine cones that smell like cinnamon. And I just, I wish that could be a year-round thing, but people would be like, why does it smell like Christmas in here? Now, listen, we're going to start a second podcast with fragrances of the holidays. Uh, (laughs) But in the meantime, this is, you know, we just talk about what we're going through spiritually. Mm -hmm. And you have arrived at the New Testament, Rochelle, because you did a chronological study this year. Chronologically, and I knew at the end of September, beginning of October is when we would cross over into New Testament. And ironically, yeah, there's like almost uh, nine to 10 months of nothing but Uh, Old Testament, you know, the last three months. I think I did wrong math there. (laughs) The last three. No, I think you're right. There's 13 months in a year. (laughs) Uh, But the last three months or so, completely New Testament. Isn't that interesting that it's like God gives us this much of the journey in the Old Testament? There's 39 books in there. And it kind of lets you realize how much he loves us, that he went through all of this stuff. Once you read all of the stuff, you're like, how did you deal with us, God? How did you continue to love us? And then it's like once Jesus gets here, all right, let's go. Party started. Let's get this party started. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's now. It's in you through Jesus Christ. Let's go. And I, I'm i reading about his his um, thoughts about light. You know, he shares, Jesus shares what is light, and he is the light of the world, certainly. But when I was a little girl, I had this Mickey Mouse nightlight, and I had to have that thing on in the room. Uh-huh. And so when you reference, when you put two and two together that Jesus is light, I needed that nightlight for my life to have peace in the evening time. And I need that nightlight all the time, my Jesus light, right? And also going back to when I was a little girl, especially at this time of year, Halloween's coming up, obviously. And my father was a children's pastor. And so he's like, okay, how can I use this as an opportunity to connect with people in the neighborhoods? And a way to get children into my church doors that maybe wouldn't be here otherwise. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, they would have big fall festival parties and kids were welcome to to dress up in costume, usually Bible characters. Uh-huh. Later uh-huh. on, when he realized that there's only so many Esthers that you can house in a gymnasium, he's like, all right, as long as it's not a scary costume. Uh, right. Come yeah. on over. We want you to feel welcome here. And the catchphrase he used with children, the light in the night hmm. is the devil's fright. And he would use pumpkins as a way to share the gospel message. And maybe you've seen that done where God wants his identity to be your identity. And when you say yes to Jesus, that's that's what happens. And so we carve that pumpkin and here is God's identity now placed in you. After he removes the sin, the pulp and stuff, and then he sets his light in you for all to see. And that is the scripture reference that I've been going over lately. And, and even the, I am the light of the world, or then there's the, put your light up on a pedestal. Nobody puts it on the ground and covers it with a bowl. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, we want people to see it. And I think what an incredible way to connect with children, even at this time of year, children who may not know about Jesus, but that simple thought of him being the light in the night. And that is the devil's fright. It scares away the things that go bump. Mm-hmm, even as mm-hmm. adults, it, it we, we feel peace in the midst of whatever we're experiencing. We, we remember that God brings his light into that darkness. I think that's why I've never been freaked out about Halloween. Why is that? Because I th- I've just known what's bigger and what's real and what's more powerful than any of the fears that 
I've always, you know, I, I grew up in church. And so sure. knowing that, uh, but then at seven, you know, getting understanding that Jesus is who he said he was and then trying to live that out. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the memories that I have about Halloween are, yeah, kind of like those costumes your dad allowed of, uh, I was a, the Three Musketeer guy one time, the Kiefer Sutherland character. That would have been quite the costume. <laughs> uh, I was walking by a school the other day on my walk and they had the, you know, they had the skeletons and stuff in the windows. And I, I think I, I honestly think of stuff like that as endearing because what I think of really? are those decorations. Mm-hmm. Uh, are my teacher that had had a sweater for every holiday, you know. Okay. I think of those type of memories. She had a Halloween sweater. She had a Thanksgiving sweater. She had a Christmas or a couple of Christmas sweaters, you know. And I did, I think about my childhood, I think, when I think candy yeah. and, and that stuff. And as I've been reading through in the New Testament, uh, in, in Corinthians, Paul is talking to the people of Corinth and kind of, you know, instructing them. And, and I think that we we've talked before about we get hung up on the wrong thing in th- you know in this day and age and yeah. and every time and he's he's kind of on some of that he's kind of instructing and something that always sticks out to me is when people were freaked out about whether to eat the meat that was blessed by pagans mm-hmm. or not because that's that's pagan meat we can't eat that and Paul just said you basically you serve a bigger god he said that's you know that that's just meat and that other stuff's not real so just eat it yeah, but some people don't necessarily feel comfortable with that. And Paul wasn't one to condemn them. He right. said, if you recognize that you are around people who are not comfortable with this, then don't be a stumbling block to them. Yeah, yeah. And and I thought that was an amazing thing because there are going to be people who have um, very real reasons why that, uh, especially this time of year, they don't celebrate Halloween. And that's completely, listen, understandable. Um, I, I have friends who are from another country and their culture, it's such a dark situation where they come from. Mm-hmm. They do not recognize the day. And so we absolutely would never offend them for, for the world. What's really awesome, um, when Jesus talks about light, you know, when we see things with our eyes, um, we perceive things. And he talks about whether our eyes are dark or they are light. And he wants us to have good perception. And I see this day in my own life with my children as an opportunity to show them that this day, October 31st, was a day created by God as any other day. It's the day that he has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I want to also grab hold of for myself and for them um, the things that originated with God. So if I can incorporate a pumpkin, well, who created the pumpkin? Yeah. My God did. Who created the gospel message? My Jesus did. Can I combine the two to use what they're seeing around them everywhere? And say, this is how we're going to take the day back for God. And I, that's how uh, my dad kind of raised me to see it. But certainly, um, I, I love how Paul was very sensitive towards both groupings of people who were bothered by it or weren't bothered by the whole meat situation. And I think that one subject can cover a multitude of question marks. Yeah, so I think we can feel different ways about it. And mm-hmm. then, obviously, I think there is a line. There's a line in everything that sure. if you're going to use Halloween as an excuse to dress, you know, immodestly or to participate in things that are, you know, sin, uh, well, that's sin. You know, there's no fudging that. Right. Um, but I look at it kind of like, uh, you know, say sports. You know, you mm-hmm. could you could go down a dark road and get addicted to sports or get addicted to sports gambling or use it to berate people sure. or but but if you just go to enjoy the game and the Cracker Jacks. I once read a comment 
um, on social media and a, a person was giving their perspective on Halloween. It was very historical mm-hmm. and honestly uh, informational in regards to how the church responded to the day. Yeah. Which apparently was celebrated, you know, uh, pagans, they found that there was a thinner band in between what was real and what was spiritual. And that's the day that they would worship nature. And they talked to old relatives or tried to. So obviously it has ties to things that uh, are not of God. But the church was like, hey, let's look at this as a day to reach out. They um, moved the All Saints Day from like March or May or something to... November 1st, Mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, well, the pagans celebrate this holiday. Let's move ours right there. And then let's go, hey, you know what you're doing? Well, we actually serve a bigger God. So here's what we do. And so they kind of connected that situation for people. Yeah. Yeah. You're it's almost like what Paul did, I think, when he was uh, visiting the Gentiles, the people who were not Jewish, the people who were seeking. Yeah. And there was all these idols on the island where he was. And he looked at them all and he saw in the midst of all of these idols, these wooden stone metal, whatever it was, he saw one pedestal that had nothing on it. And it was in honor of the unknown God. And he commended the people. Mm -hmm. He said, Hey, I, I commend you for knowing that there is something there that you can't quite put your finger on. Let me tell you about this unknown God because he trumps the rest. And I think that's, that's great imagery for us when we see people that maybe have partial truth. They realized, hey, there's something out there that I need to I need to recognize is bigger than just me and my reality. And maybe they don't have a handle on it yet. They're they're looking in the wrong place. And it's an opportunity for the church to come alongside and say, well, I, I know the one. His name is Jesus. Part of sharing the light is living it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a great opportunity. You know, what Kelsey and I do, my wife and I do um, is, yeah, we do. We Trick or treat, or we don't. Well, I did, but I got told I got to quit doing that. Thirty year old man. Thirty year old, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, that's a big kid. <laughs> um, no, we open up our home, and uh, it's just nice to have the neighbors come over mm-hmm. and have that extra conversation, and know that we care for their kids. And then the next day, or six months later, I can go, "Hey, how's Julian?" Or you know, "Hey, how's Sarah and Emily?" And just be able to have that conversation and that connection. Uh, You know, somebody told me once that the, the quote that they shared was the garage was the worst was it ruined the neighborhood. It's the worst invention. It was the worst invention for the neighborhood because you drive in, you shut it, you go in and you don't know your neighbors. Now, some of us are thinking, no, that's the best invention. (laughs) (laughs) But I get what you're saying. And listen, you're hearing this. You're like, I think there's other ways to, to do the neighborhood community thing. Absolutely. We've heard from people who have a park bench set on their front lawn and it's a welcomed bench. Anybody can bring their food or yeah. they just want to talk or they want to pray. Whatever way God is is leading you, I think it's awesome. But um, just to, in terms of those people, I think there's this, uh, ooh, it causes divide, I think, mm-hmm. amongst people who should be unified. If anybody should be unified, it's, it's the body of Christ. And I don't think it should because I think there are two sides to every story. And people who clearly are on the side of let's use this as an opportunity, um, they're thinking with their hearts and they're following uh, what they believe is the voice of the Holy Spirit in their life. And God forbid we don't obey that voice because I don't want to be on the side of that. Uh, That's disobedience. And then there's those who feel like they're obeying by not. Yeah. By keeping their door shut during Halloween because it, it, it triggers maybe past memories or because of what they've learned about the date historically that's bothersome to them. And they're like, no, I'd rather do this. 
but here's the thing. The common thread that we have is Jesus Christ. And so um, I think it's interesting. Uh, the story of Joseph always pops back into my mind of what happened with his brothers, the devastation, being in slavery, being in prison for things he didn't do. He did nothing wrong. And for all these years later, recognizes, oh, God, you allowed these things to happen. This evil that was intended, you let it be a good thing. And it actually ended up saving the Israelite people. Wow. So what was once intended for an evil purpose, God's like, I want to redeem the situation through my people. And he's showing us different ways to do that. God's one step ahead. And I think what is cool is, uh, you know, there's the scripture that talks about we're all part of a body and we all play a different role Mm -hmm. in terms of spiritual gifts and different things like that. So I think it might be one of those things we get to heaven and it's he kind of uses people on different days even. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I needed you guys for Halloween and uh, others that I called to not participate. I needed you guys for a different day. That That's why yeah. I had you sitting aside. That's why I had you, you know, speaking to you of like, nah, th- this day isn't for you because I have somebody else doing it. Yeah. And so I, I think it's just working together of an sure. overall bigger plan that God God knows and God's in charge of. And being careful not to snub our nose at either side. That's the, that's the key. Because I don't want it to. <laughs> that is hugely the key. People have opinions about Christmas, the same thing, decorations and things like that, because uh, many of these types of things, even Holly, have connections into paganistic rituals and and type celebrations. Mm-hmm. And it's like, once again, God can redeem the situation. And it, it determines how I feel about something. I'm the one who gives something the baggage. Yeah. And I can choose to associate it with this, or I can choose by God's, through his spirit, through that redemptive quality that it can only be found through Jesus Christ, I I can choose to make it something honoring the Lord. So um, I truly believe that. And I think it's a lot like language. Like it, if I used the word cool 150 years ago, yeah. there's only one definition. Well, it's very cold. You very know. cold oh that's cool that's cool no that's a fire sir right <laughs> you know right and so i just think it's it's for, <laughs> for me personally you know i see something like halloween and i just don't even really think about that stuff no i i think culture our culture with the horror movies and things have got that amped up again so oh yes. i get pending on I, I really think my parents were fine with halloween because they were born before all these horror movies mm-hmm. and then and then i think that maybe the gen x generation is like when I think Halloween, I think of scary stuff. Yeah. And my parents just kind of remember the astronaut and cowboy, you know, costumes and candy. And that's so, that's what I associate, too. That's a really interesting thought. So, honestly, days, um, it's the power that we choose to give things. Yeah. This was fascinating, though. And this is just a little, just a little history lesson of how trick-or-treating started. I never knew this. That it was in the 1900s, it was just a mischief night. It was pranks, but kind of some harsh pranks yeah. of setting things on fire, moving people's doorsteps, and they'd fall, you know, three feet to the ground. And this genius woman was like, I'm going to bribe these kids. So she made a bunch of treats and said, I'll trade you a trick for a treat. And they wouldn't antagonize her neighborhood, and she would give them candy or yeah. sweets or whatever. And that's where it just got commercialized, and that's what we where we have it today. I thought it was fascinating. I wonder if those kids had visited my dad's door. See, we had the leftovers from church, so we had the tiny little miniature Bibles. Okay, okay. 
And then we would drop those in the trick-or-treat bags for the kids. And like, if we didn't put the really good candy with those, I'm sure I would, we would have been that house. (laughs) Don't go to that house. We only give you books. (laughs) And raisins. All right. Before we go, uh, candy recommendations. What's your favorite candy? I do love what you're about to open right now. Somebody handed me. I was a little jealous when they handed those to you and not me. It's like gummy bears, but it's the Smurfs. It's Haribo Smurfs. Oh, my. How delicious. You want one? I Did I just say that I guess? Oh, they're a little sour. They're a little. Oh, my mouth is already watering. It's not even. Oh, my. What's your favorite candy of all time? I I really like gummy bears. Is that right? What's your chocolate dish, if you Yes. To to all. Yes. Yes. Now, we can all agree. There's nothing wrong with candy. Oh, my. Well, all our health friends are now going to be emailing us. (laughs) 